0: Check this out. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me.
1: Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or I'm going to shut it for you real quick.
0: Live in the entertainment capital of the world,
2: it's the T.C. Martin Show. Hey, don't roll. Hit it downhill. With power,
1: you're running straight downhill. You know where we're coming, and we know where y'all going to be lined up at. Now you just got to stop. I'm saying I'm better than you.
2: It's the doctor,
1: TC Margin. Beast mode is already inside of
2: The doctor is now in. The beast is alive and
0: well. Our number two on this Thunderous Thursday edition as we get ready to go to Houston World Series tomorrow. But the show goes on, of course, at the Westgate tomorrow inside the world famous Superbook uh marco d'angelo will be co-hosting the g-man will be with them and of course they're good friends over at the west book as well too john murray trevor madge will be joining via the telephone best bet segment and i'll be joining from houston barring any transportation issues hopefully they're not and i i'll have a time to get a quality meal in before i come on and do best bets i was tomorrow. gonna say or if dinner shows up and that's true that's true. You just be like, guys, uh, that's that's done later. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, food's going to take the priority. You understand that, especially some of my those great restaurants by the ballpark at Minute Maid. It's great, fantastic. All right, we continue on here on a Thursday afternoon. Talk a little World Series. Talk a little NFL this hour as uh, Jay Cornegay from the Westgate will join us. The world famous Superbic, the vice president. of... Of sportsbook operations, he joins us at the bottom of the hour. But right now, where do we go? By way of South Bend, Indiana; by way of Carolina; by way of Los Angeles, and who knows where else? Here he comes out of the tunnel, the Golden Domer himself, who just returned from South Bend, Indiana, and a glorious trip. We're going to get all of the details with that. I don't know if it can match up to his escapades here in Las Vegas. The one only Steve Berline. The quarterback, Steve Berline. What's good? Did I did I get it all in for you or what? With the
2: song.
1: That that would qualify as probably the best ever. <laughs> the best I've ever received from anybody. So what an intro, man. Great job.
0: Well, there it is, man. I I, I kinda of used to you saying that. I could have swear you said that once or twice to me before, but that's okay. I will continue to try to, to top my own intros for you because you are well worth it, my my friend. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All
0: right. So you had a parlay, didn't you? You didn't have a betting parlay. You had a travel parlay. You went, you did South Bend, Carolina. I mean, you got to give us the, uh, the order here. I got to hear about it. Let's go.
1: Well, yeah, it was, uh, was one of these things. My daughter and I had planned on uh, hitting the Notre Dame UNLV game. It was the only game that, that made sense in my schedule and her schedule and So we had that date circled, and um, as we we got into the season, uh, the Panthers uh, uh, advised or or invited me, I guess, to come back uh, for the weekend of my choice where uh, they could recognize me for my contributions to the organization, um, you know, uh, at one of the home games, and uh, I just determined it might as well just combine it uh, with my Notre Dame weekend because my my daughter would enjoy both of them. She's the she's the son I never had, although I do have two sons. Um, she's the one that that really has always enjoyed just uh, going to any and all sporting events with me, and really gets into it and loves Notre Dame, loves the Panthers. So uh, we have one of those incredible weekends. Uh, Notre Dame won, got to see a lot of stuff there and do a lot of cool things, as always. And then uh, the little the trip down to, to Charlotte, we just. We flew down on Sunday morning, went to the game at one and then flew back home at 830 that night back to uh, Los Angeles and uh, had a really cool experience that at the Panthers game between the third and fourth quarters. They showed a, a nice video kind of montage of my career and, and gave me a, a little bit of respect and recognition. I got to address the crowd and uh, have a really rewarding, uh, fulfilling experience.
0: That is awesome, man. That is great. I mean, you go to your alma mater, Notre Dame, you get to be there for that. And then you go to Carolina where you're honored. I mean, that's a great weekend, Steve. And and the best part, I could so relate to that because, as you know, I I have a daughter the exact same way, you know, daddy's girl, sports girl, the whole bit, you know, and you can spend time, you know, with your daughter at, at a sporting event. There is nothing like that. So... Kudos man yeah I saw those pictures well, man those those are those are classic those were great man just reminded me pretty cool but, yeah well I'll tell you why for me because you know how many times I've taken my daughter to Notre Dame games and my daughter almost went to Notre Dame because we actually toured you know the campus there were like one that was one of what four or five schools back there that uh, we toured and she thought long and hard about going to Notre Dame and of course you know we took in a game and I believe it was the weekend. It was the USC weekend. Well, you know what that means. I mean, you know better than anybody else uh, that we did the the tour like the day before, and then we went to the USC Notre Dame game. This is you know a number of years ago, but uh, and then where'd she end up going to UNLV? So there you go. So <laughs> so here's the question I got when you get that on the schedule. I know you got to be honest, especially for our. Are UNLV fans out here? But they're, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to hate you. Don't worry about it because they realize where the UNLV program is. But when you got that, you and your daughter, be honest. What was the reaction when you said, "All right, Notre Dame versus UNLV"? Come on, man! That had to be a- <laughs>
1: there, there, there was there was no reaction. It was it was a celebration. My daughter uh, absolutely just loves Notre Dame, and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't follow it closely enough to know the history of who they're playing, she just was asking me, do do I, is it going to be a good game or are these guys really good? And I just said, well, let's just put it this way. If, if we lose this one, uh, it would be one of the worst losses in Notre Dame history. So let's not even consider that. So uh, we should win this game is what I, how I left it. So uh, I'll tell you, you know, one of the other cool things about the whole weekend was my daughter, she's only 16. So, you know, I retired in, in o, after the 03 season, which is 19 years ago. She never got to be a part of any of my, my playing days. And so uh, to go back and kind of experience that part of it, which her older siblings got to do a little bit when they were young, it's always kind of rewarding to her. She really enjoys, you know, kind of making up for that time that she missed.
0: That is so cool. So she actually said, Wow, Dad, you really were something, weren't you? I had no idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she said, "I didn't know you were that fast." that Right? Did not say that. That is good. Did not say that. That's good. She actually said, "I did not know you were that slow." Oh, that's uh, funny. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, yeah, you know. So speaking of, I think the very first game, the Notre Dame game that I took my daughter to, was against Army and you know Notre Dame won like 45 to 3 or something like that and you know for me it was like oh, well we're going to the it's army i mean let's, let's go let's make it usc or michigan state or something like that but you know, she was all jazz like i don't care who they're playing you know this is cool you know
1: so yeah yeah they take it all in they love it it's i don't
0: awesome. maybe maybe it was, it was michigan great. state because i remember her her uh, uh, yelling at sparty you know, because we we had seats actually in the Notre Dame student section. You know where that is. And then Sparty the mascot, he was like coming by and, and get, taking that little fake little you know, whatever sword he has or whatever. My daughter was giving him the business pretty good. Maybe it was that. So. Well, he should
1: yeah. he shouldn't have been coming by the Notre Dame student section anyway. He's right. not allowed over there. Exactly. Uh, so you know that 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 would not be tolerated. <laughs> I got one last question for you on the subject. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, 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 there, there is absolutely no way that your daughter inherited uh, the IQ level or the intelligence level to get into Notre Dame from you. Yeah, how, how did that happen? How did that actually happen? Yeah,
0: well, yeah, there you go. That that would be your mom, her mom's side. Your mom, uh, you know, twelve years of Catholic school had the brains. That, that's the brains. You know, that's it. Now I love, it. It, it, I love it, it. it was like diagnosing point spreads and that kind of stuff, I mean, that that's that's my math expertise right there, Steve. As you know, that's it. Like, you get into, you get into algebra, forget about that. You know, long division, yeah. forget yeah. about that. Yeah.
1: Well, no. it takes a big man to to admit that. So I, I I wasn't expecting you to volunteer that information that quickly. That's okay. There I thought I was going to have to pry it out of you. Well, I knew I had to
0: because I know you wouldn't. You would not let it go. And the next time you're on, and especially like if TJ Reeves is filling in for me, you'd definitely throw me under the bus again. So <laughs> I
1: would never do that. I never would I do that.
0: All right, man. So uh, all right. So hopefully, you had some good food options as well, too, because I know you're like me. I mean, the food's important. You know, when you go to these places and go to some of your well, old
1: staples. A, you know, there- there's a yeah there there are a couple staples in in South Bend that uh, you know that we were able to go to. We we you know my daughter's pretty simple but um I had to take to Rocco's pizza oh. which is uh kind of an institution there in South Bend. It's just just about a half mile from from the campus but they're always absolutely jammed on the weekends, and uh um they were able to get us in late one night and so it worked out great. And then in Charlotte uh my favorite spot of all is just a little Irish pub. It's really they really do it. It's a nice place. It's called the Selwyn Irish Pub, and uh, so uh, I went there with some friends after the game, and, and then we had to go catch a plane. So uh, I didn't get to hang out in Charlotte too often, uh, Not too much, right? I should say.
0: Okay. Well, let's see. Let's let's talk a little bit about the Irish here what are your thoughts on the Irish obviously they took care of UNLV they struggled early on in the season they've shown some, some moments here uh, where do you think the team is you know where they are right now and how much improved can they get this year and what kind of bowl game we're we talking about
1: well you know my, my, my expectations are not super high uh, with the way the season's gone even the game against UNLV I mean uh, you know, we won it handily, but there was nothing really impressive about the game other than, um, you know, the tight end Michael Mayer, who's a beast. Uh, you know, sure thing first rounder, um, and in our defense I think played pretty well. Some of the guys that have been uh, kind of quiet most of the year uh, stepped up and played really well, like Isaiah Foskey. Um, he's a really good uh, edge rusher. Did well, um, so I was impressed with some of those individual performances, but. On a whole, you know, just very concerned still about just, uh, you know, the the quarterback play, the offense play in general. Um, you know, we've got a big test this week with Syracuse coming in, uh, who who really had uh, Clemson on the ropes there late in that game last week. They were up 21-10. Um, and so I think they're a legitimate team. They're 6-1 playing with a lot of confidence. And uh, could have could very well have beaten Clemson, so it's going to be a big challenge this week. I, I want to see how they step up uh, to that challenge, and then that game is followed by a uh, you know a trip down to Clemson, uh, or actually actually I think the game is actually at Notre Dame yeah. this year. Um, but the bottom line is that that's going to be obviously a uh, a big high profile game that uh, will really expose us if we're not at the top of our game. So eager to see how it works out. You know I, I really like Marcus Freeman, but I do think he's learning on the move, and uh, you know there's going to be some there's going to be some bumps in the road. We've had a few already. There'll be a few more, um, but I really do like him, and I think he's going to be the right guy when it's all said and done.
0: You know, you uh, go over to Carolina. I don't know if you got a chance to, uh, you know, you and Christian McCaffrey, you know, uh, missed each other at the airport there or whatever. I mean, you know, you're coming in, he's leaving. He ends up in San Francisco, and you know it's kind of strange that you see. A midseason move like this—we're not even midseason right now—for the Panthers to make that move. I'm very curious. Number one, your thoughts about you know McCaffrey, obviously one of the best running backs in the league, but just when you think of Carolina Panther football, the first thing you think about, you know, is Christian McCaffrey. So, what is what was behind that move, and what are people thinking there?
1: Well, I think that everybody. In in Charlotte, it's it's got mixed emotions on it. I think everybody loved Christian McCaffrey and still do. They always will. But, um, yeah, I think they all realized that the organization was was not going to go anywhere unless they did something dramatic. And um, as happened with, um, you know, Khalil Mack a few years back, and you go back to the Herschel Walker trade, um, all those kind of moves really uh, spark a team to – um you know to end up hopefully moving in the right direction and getting things going in a more positive way getting getting value out of that and i think the trade the way it was made for the panthers it will it will make them better long run long term because they they freed up a bunch of cap space And they got, uh, you know, several draft choices that uh, will allow them either to make a move on a few marquee players or pick up, you know, several good young players. So I think it's going to work out for the Panthers in the long run. Uh, I was really impressed with their effort on Sunday. I mean, they they got after Tom Brady and the Bucs big time, and they came out and ran the football right down their throat. That's a a pretty good, solid defense. They did that too, and um, the, the Panthers were the better team on the field that day for sure. So I was impressed with how they rallied with the backup quarterback and and all the, the hoopla that had happened the last couple weeks with Matt Rule being fired and McCaffrey being traded. I thought they focused and, and played a really good football game.
0: Speaking of Brady, uh, again, you saw him up close and personal. Uh, 49 passes, no touchdowns for Tom Brady in that game. Uh, they're back at it again tonight at home against Baltimore on, on a short week here. What are your thoughts as you see Tom Brady right now?
1: You know, I, I've been wrong on my predictions with Tom Brady every single time. And so I, I keep counting the guy out, and uh, he's come back year after year and proven me wrong. Uh, you know, this year I was, you know, in, in person, it, that was really an unimpressive performance. I mean, he, he he the first pass he threw the game I think uh, was his best pass, and it was a perfect post pattern to Mike Evans. Down the middle of the field, Evans, Evans was wide open. The defender fell down. It was on the second or third play of the game, and uh, Brady hit him in stride. Evans bobbled it and ended up dropping the ball. And, uh, you know, if they would have scored on that play, I think the game would have been different. But they didn't score. Panthers forcing the punt, and then the Panthers got up on him and, and kept piling on. And, um, you know, Brady never could get out of the funk. He, he was frustrated. Uh, he didn't look... Um, you know, like like the Tom Brady we're used to seeing with the uh, the you know the uh, consistent uh, ability to focus when he needed to, to make the con- conversions and to keep the drives going and make the throws to get them back into the game. He just couldn't do it, and so I'm at the point where I really think it's a combination of a few things. One, you know, the indecision this off season. He retired, then he made the decision to come back. There obviously was a lot of distraction during the off season in his personal life with uh, his marriage and everything else, and, and then coming back and he's now 45 years old, and you know he, he's admitted that you know it, it's a little bit harder to, to get the body started and get the body going. I don't think his arm is all it used to be. So all of that said, I, I think that you know it could be a long year, and this could end up being not the ending that Tom Brady was envisioning and uh, not the ending that he really uh, deserves. Uh, you know, to go out on top as opposed to going out on kind of a down note. I just don't see him turning this thing around.
0: Thursday Night Football, Ravens and the Buccaneers, both teams really banged up here. Uh, give us some thoughts. Lamar Jackson against this Tampa Bay defense. You saw Tampa Bay five days ago. And again, they, they got injuries galore. You got Brady back at it. They're at home this time. What do you expect to see tonight?
1: Well, I... I... You know, I would be surprised if, on a short week, the Buccaneers were able to turn it around. You know, both these teams, like you said, are beat up and uh, shorthanded. But um, you know, I think Baltimore, with their youth and, and Lamar Jackson and, and the running game that they have, you know, looking at what the Panthers did to run the, the football last week, I I really think the 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 the, the, the Ravens are going to come out on top in this football game i think you know i think the buccaneers have put on a good showing and i think uh you know brady will bounce back although on a short week you just don't know how he's going to be able to respond uh at this point he did take some shots against the panthers and i'm sure he's going to be a little stiff and sore we'll see how he he comes out early and if he's sharp and Effective, I'm sure he'll be highly motivated to try and set the record right. But if I had to make a choice, I, I like the book. I like the uh, Ravens uh, in this game tonight because of Lamar Jackson in the running game of the Ravens.
0: All right, Steve Berline uh, joins us, the former quarterback. Talk a little NFL this weekend here, Steve. Let's talk about another one of your former teams, Raiders. They. Actually, get a victory last weekend against the Houston Texans. Kind of expected, though. Uh, Raiders got off to a slow start in that game. Game was, they found themselves down right before halftime, tied it up, and then they exploded. The offense uh, did quite a good job. And then, of course, Josh Jacobs, uh, looking like one of the better running backs right now. Uh, three weeks in a row, over 140 yards. Now they travel to New Orleans, and this is a team that still a lot of people are unsure about. Uh, give me your thoughts here. Raiders and Saints coming up on Sunday.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, really impressed with, with what Jake has been able to do. I mean, he he's running better than he has his whole career, and he's highly motivated. I know a lot of people coming into this season were kind of counting him out, and um, whether it was you know, to, to motivate him or, or not, I don't know. It it obviously did motivate him and and, uh, he's having a a great year right at the right time. You know, it's a contract year for him, I think. And um, it's going to end up translating very well if he can stay healthy. Um, But, you know, you got a few questions about Derek Carr and his health. Um, Is he going to be able to step up and uh, be able to play? And if he does, is he going to be able to play at full go? We'll see about that. But, um, you know, I haven't given up on the Raiders at all, and I really, I really do think that they have the, the ingredients to be a pretty darn good football team, and it makes noise, especially the Broncos and the Chargers, you know, struggling as they are right now. Um, if the Raiders can get on a little bit of a run here um, and put themselves solidly behind Kansas City in that division, um, you know, who knows what can happen. You get a little confidence, and uh, you get, the, uh, you know, the defense to continue playing well, uh, as long as they're able to run the ball the way that they have been, that's going to make that offense much more effective and take a lot of the pressure off the passing game. So, you know, I like I like what I'm seeing right now, and um, you know, it's going to be tough to go down. It's at New Orleans, right? Right. Yeah, yeah it's always it's always a tough place to play uh, for anybody, and, and um, you know, when it turns bad, it really continues to go bad most of the time down there. So the key for the Raiders is going to be to get up and try to, try to get uh, – uh, New Orleans playing from behind. You know you can uh, you can harass Andy Dalton into making some mistakes if he ends up feeling like he's got to force the action. He's he's proven himself to to do that pretty consistently. So um, I think that's going to be the key. If The Raiders get off to a good start. I think they should win this game. If not, uh, if, if it's a game where they get down early and they're not able to turn it around, I think the Saints are going to. Uh, pull away and win it pretty
0: handily. Right. You know, the saints team, Steve, it just doesn't seem like, I mean, they're so under the radar. I mean, you got Dennis Allen as your head coach and you've got the quarterback issues. Like you said, Andy Dalton. And then you just, this, this is kind of an unheralded saints team that really not a lot of people are talking about. And probably, you know, the saints come into this season, probably the least hyped that I can remember in, in more than a decade.
1: Yeah. They're uh they're hard to figure. I mean, and they, they continue to, um, you know, stick their nose in there. They, they still, you know, they're not uh, playing consistently enough. Um, You know, they're Tampa Bay is still in the lead in that division. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of football left and a lot of improvement left uh, to be made for whoever wants to take over that division. But, um, you know, Taysom Hill has been kind of the X factor for them. Uh, He's been, um you know he's reemerged this year as, as being a guy that uh really adds another dimension to that football team um when he's on the field you've got to always be aware of where he's at and what they're trying to accomplish and he can beat you you know both ways he can he, he's a quarterback so he can throw the football if you overplay the run um you know kamara is healthy hasn't scored any touchdowns yet but um you know they're trying to figure out how to how to use him best he, he's he's but he's the same old self, I believe. Just you know, hasn't been able to get into a, a situation where he's had opportunities to score. And they got a good young wide receiver in Chris Olave. Um, you know, I really do like this kid. I think he's going to be a really good player for a lot of years. And defensively, it's always the case with Dennis Allen teams. They're always going to uh, try to get pressure on the quarterback and try and create turnover opportunities. And they're pretty good at doing it, especially at home. So uh, they're a good football team. They can play with anybody, uh, but it's. You know, they they, they don't have that consistency at quarterback. I think that's what's holding them back right now. Um, and the Raiders, just you get a team like that down, they're not built to come back. And I think that's the formula you got to have going into that game.
0: All right. Where do you put the Packers at right now? We talk about Tampa Bay. The Packers are obviously struggling. No one's given them much of a chance against Buffalo this week. The line just keeps rising and rising. What are you seeing when you're looking at Aaron Rodgers?
1: Well, it's concerning, obviously, in some of the developments. You know, he went on the Pat McAfee show and and said some things I think that he probably shouldn't have said in terms of uh, you know, maybe letting the public in on some things that probably should have stayed in the locker room, but um, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers has always been that way. I think that leadership to him uh, is defined a little bit differently than it is to a lot of other quarterbacks. He thinks about things differently than most anybody else. Uh, You can't argue with Obviously, who he is and how how much he's accomplished over the course of his career, but uh, the Packers are very concerning right now. I did their game uh, for Compass Radio um, a couple weeks back. It was the uh, Packers against, and I can't even remember who they were playing. Let me think. Oh, it was the, the Jets. Yeah, uh, and the Jets yeah. just the Jets just blitzed them. They just they just manhandled them, and um, you know uh, Rogers was frustrated. They had no. No answer uh, to stop the pressure up front from the New York Jets. That that defensive front front four for the Jets just continued to pound Rodgers and uh, make plays in the backfield. And uh, very concerning that that the, the Packers could not make the adjustments. Um, and then obviously this past week was another bad week. So um, you know I, I think that that when when pressed and put to the fire, I think Aaron Rodgers will find a way. He's still he's still got the ability to bring uh, his team and take this team pretty far. If they can get that run game going and take some of the pressure off of him to make plays, uh, you know, I think they can get it going again. they got a lot of young receivers that um, that are still learning, and, and that's what's really been the most frustrating thing, I think, for Aaron Rodgers in that offense. But um, I think they'll find a way to stick their nose in there in that division. I, I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins fan. As you know, I think the big games, he has a – a tendency to kind of wilt. And I think he's going to give them an opportunity to get back into this before it's all said and done.
0: I remember before you went to green Bay to do that jets game. I remember I said, Steve, you got to go to my, my spot. You got to go to margaritas right down the street. There has some fine Mexican food. I, I, I never heard back, uh, whether you made it or not. So it kind of tells me that you, you bypassed it.
1: You know what? I think I did. Um, in <laughs> fact, I know I did. Um, and I, I'm glad I, I'm mad that I didn't really write that down. I should have. Yeah. Should have made a note of that because you know what you're talking about with those <laughs> with those spots. I and, ended up and I would have hooked going,
0: you up with my guy there who uh, so um, cross reference here a little baseball, but uh, my guy Greg Vaughn was actually at that game too. You know, former baseball player, and so I told him the exact same thing because he used to play for the Brewers and he was going back for that exact same game, and so I hooked him up uh table reservation at margaritas and it didn't even hit me until afterwards i go wait a minute burline's going to be going there as well too make room for burline i could have got you in there
1: (laughs) well i wish i would have known i you know i i was i was a zombie that day i i took a a red-eye flight in um that morning i got into chicago at 5 a.m oh she had to drive three hours up to green bay uh, do the game and then had to drive three hours back to Chicago after the game, um, so uh, I was a mess. But yeah. I did, I did let, the, I did let the crowd kind of dissipate at the game. And there was a, a brew pub, uh, Green Bay uh, Distillery, I, I really Green Bay Distillery. Yeah, the distillery. Yeah, yeah I was there. That, that was actually a pretty cool
0: spot. Yeah, I know the guy that, that well. owns that place too. Yeah, that's a nice little spot. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I had, I ended up doing all right there, but. It wasn't margaritas.
0: There you go, man. Next 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 trip to Green Bay. I know you don't get there that often, but that that's where you want to go. Let me know in advance. There All we- right, buddy, we'll do it. Brother, I appreciate it as always, man. The uh, NFL Monday Quarterback, CBS Sports Network, Steve Berline and Company, right? Rock and rolling. Yes, sir. Mondays. You got it. Three p.m. Pacific. There it is. That is on my is on my uh, DVR, ready to record each and every Monday. There it is.
1: I love
0: it. All right. I man. love it, man. Let me let me know when you're coming back here to to Raider Nation, man, because I I know uh, Mark Davis, everyone wants to wants to have you back, man. So uh let me know, well, man. I
1: need yeah, I need to find a way to get back out there this year before it's all said and done. We'll try to make it happen for sure.
0: There you go, brother. Okay, man. Hit him straight all on right, hit him straight on the golf course. There you go.
1: Yeah. All right, I wish. We'll see you. <laughs> Take care, Thanks. there
0: he is. Steve Berline. Bye. One of our favorites, no question about it. Does a great job. The best get- way to him on the NFL Monday quarterback. Him, Rich Gannon, Trent Green, Adam Schein hosts. Check it all out on the CBS Sports Network. We come back. We go to the Westgate to the Superbook. We start talking lines, college, pro, and more. Wait
2: a Wait a minute, doc. Uh, are you telling me you the TC Martin Show?
0: And when I came to, I had a revelation. A vision, yeah. a picture in my head, a picture of this.
2: The Doctor, T.C. Martin. Martin.
1: All
0: right, tomorrow I will be on my way to Houston. Marco D'Angelo will be uh, holding down at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate tomorrow. Uh, John Murray will join from the Westgate as well, too. And uh, other guests as well, so... Get on out, see the show tomorrow, 2 to 4. Plus, I'll be joining by way of phone for our Best Bet segment tomorrow as well, too. So, we look forward to that. The Best Bet's on fire. How about Trevor Maddich? On fire. Tearing it up. All of our handicappers. So, check that out. And you miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Speaking of the Westgate and the world-famous Superbook... Our very good friend, the vice president of race and sportsbook operations at the Superbook in the Westgate, Jay Cornegay, joins us now. Jay, what is
2: happening? I'm just hearing this now that you're going to be going to Houston for game one of the fall classic, really?
0: I think you knew that. I think you knew that. <laughs> That's a tough, tough uh, do, life. Hold on. Uh, uh, do I have permission? I, I, I better get permission from Jay Cornegay to miss the show tomorrow.
2: <laughs> no, there's no approval needed. Uh, it's just I'm just a little jealous. That's uh, all. Of course you are. This to that. Oh my gosh. Oh no, man. I I, 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 I I saw some pictures last time you went down there. Uh, you know, uh, it looked like you were in. Uh, Gucci Row or something. <laughs>
0: this is true. Well, I, I have been spoiled. You know, I, I, I do get spoiled by uh, my good friends uh, Dusty Baker and Mattress Mac. You know, and uh, so we, we have a good time there in Houston. And again, rooting for Dusty. Again, want want him to win that uh, you know World Series title that's eluded him. And I think they got a great shot. And it's just it's just fun. You know, being down there again, supporting him. And, uh, you know, get a chance to experience it. You know how that is, Jay. I mean, you get a chance to to do things like that. Those are bucket list things. And I was fortunate enough to be down there last year. I thought the Astros were going to do it. Um, you know, but the, the Braves, uh, you know, they came up and bit them. And I don't know if the yeah. Phillies can do it as well, but I remember – the, this is deja vu for me, and again, you, you're, you're correlated to this story, Jay, because I had my future ticket at the Westgate last year as well, too, and I was feeling pretty confident, and the question was, okay, how much should I hedge off here? Because I'm pretty confident the Astros will get the job done, and I did hedge off a little bit on, on the Braves. Um, again, my other half was saying, you better hedge off more! I go no I'm pretty confident. So I'm hearing this is ringing in my ear again right now for this year as well too. Uh but I don't know man, it's you know, I'm just feeling that this is the Astros year. So so what do you think my friend? I, I I'm sitting on 12 to 1 right now. Uh how much should I hedge off?
2: Well, okay, so you haven't really done it yet. So are you thinking obviously you're thinking maybe I should – Hedge off a little bit more than I did at the beginning of last year. Is that what you're saying? Not really, because I, I,
0: you know, I don't think the Phillies this year were as good as the Braves last year. That's my mindset. And I look at the pitching. I mean, Atlanta had good pitching, right? And Philly, I just don't see it. I mean, Nola's going to get the start in Game One. This guy's 11 and 13. You could talk about the strikeouts. You could talk about his command. It's great, but this guy is very hittable too. And you know, a lot of the the people who are into analytics and the modelers, you know, they kind of just discount the the wins and losses. And Dave Coken and I were talking about this earlier today. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. wins still mean something. And you're 11 and 13. I can't remember a number one starter who's had, you know, five, six days rest. Who's going to start a World Series. Your number one starter is 11 and 13. So I think Verlander wins one. I think the the Astros win game two with Valdez. And then when you get to game three, you're telling me the Phillies are going to trot out Ranger Suarez? And we know what the Astros do to left-handers, right? So I think huge advantage in so many areas for the Astros, especially pitching.
2: Well, yeah, Suarez and Nola don't have the stats, I guess, so that uh, you know jump off the charts for you. But... You know they actually. I thought they've been pitching pretty well down the stretch. You know I know the Astros are undefeated. Um, you know heading into you um, know you know this, you know, this uh, World Series, but um, you know a lot of those games obviously could have gone either way. I, a lot of these games, and 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 I and I've been just craving baseball over these last few days because the games are just so fantastic. I love them, and uh, I can't wait for it to start tomorrow. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of with those analytics. Guys, that you know, say wins and losses. You know, you can't just. It's kind of like shots on goal sometimes. Right. You know. Uh, you know. It's not the. It. It, it tells you it's part of the story, but not the whole story. So, I. I feel like even though the Astros are undefeated, I, I. I feel like Philadelphia's top three pitchers are all you need. You need. You know, three good, maybe, maybe four, but three. If you have three solid starters, I think you can do it. Um, I think the Phillies got a lot of mojo. I think they're very loose. I think they're playing with house money and the Astros, uh, you know, it's all on them. You know, it's a lot of pressures on them. They're the favorite. They're considered the best team in baseball and they um, you know, we we know what happened last year and I didn't see it coming either. I I thought the Astros were going to beat the Braves and uh, I was just like, wow, they they really, you know, um, played great ball in that series and good pitching and, you know, who's to say that the Phillies can't do that same thing, because I think the Phillies are very relaxed. I I love the dugout. the The dugout has a lot of mojo in there. Um, so, um, I mean, if I was to bet my life on it, I bet the Astros. <laughs> but I would definitely hedge. I, yeah. I would hedge if I were you.
0: Yes, yes, I will. And you're right. I mean. Seven and zero in the postseason. Yeah, they sweep both the Mariners and the Yankees, but a lot of one-run games. A lot of people don't realize. Yeah. I mean, again, I was I was back there for the games against the Yankees, and it was, it, it was nip was tuck. And you know, Verlander sure. was very good in Game One, Valdez in Game Two. And again, when you look at Nola, you got Wheeler in Game Two. But after that, I just I think you know the Phillies are going to be in trouble in Games Three and Four because they got two solid pitchers. They do. But uh, I think the Astros go a little bit deeper. So we'll see. Series price, Astros minus 190. Phillies plus 170. That is your series price. Game one right now, Jay, still hovering around Astros minus 165 or so, right?
2: Uh, Yep, we've got 164, a total of sixty six and a half over 125.
0: Okay. All right. So we look forward to uh, Verlander and Nola, uh, the game one matchups here tomorrow. And here's the thing with Philly that is sticking out to me, and I'll get your opinion on this. This is the first time they've had five days off. Astros had that time off because they had the bye. But Philly, as you know, were life and death to get in. They they won seven of the last 20 regular season games, got in the number six seed. They had to go on the road, play all of those games in St. Louis, and then immediately you know, go into the series against the Braves. Then they had to go in and play San Diego. And again, underdogs in all three of these series. And then all of a sudden, boom, You know, they're they're red hot at the plate. We get that. But now they get to cool off a little bit. I mean, five days without playing, I think that's going to be a factor for those bats because they are a very streaky team. And when you look at guys like Schwarber and Hoskins at the top of the line, Jay, those two guys have combined for 366 strikeouts. That's unheard of for your top two hitters, right?
2: Yeah, I know. They're free swingers up there. But they also, you know, have a lot of power and a little scare up there when yeah. they're up, uh, you know, at you know, in, in that that box, you know, and you're looking at a guy that can really, you know, um, I mean, jack it out. That I mean, those guys are. It's not your normal lineup, you know. You got those guys that are batting first and second that we think should be batting third and fourth yeah. <laughs> in your typical baseball lineup, but uh, uh, they've been doing it, and and that's I don't know. It's just they're just a little quirky, but. Um, you know, they've been hot and I agree with that layoff. I remember five you know, five days off for a hot team. You know, I was like saying, Well, the Astros are the best team, but you know, the Phillies could be even though the Astros are undefeated, the Phillies could be the hottest team and taking five days off, I mean, that's icing them, you know, at this point and I can see that happening. So I agree with you. Yeah.
0: Jay Cornegate joins us from the Westgate, the Super Book. Of course, our Friday home each and every Friday. Uh, let's talk a little college football here, Jay. As we look at uh, mm-hmm. some of the games, uh, where are we getting some some movement and some moving and shaking going on here on Saturday's college football?
2: Well, I, I, there's been a lot of totals that moved today. Uh, totals have just moved all over the place, um, and uh, you know it's not that we're we're into weather games yet, but uh, um, you know we're not to that point, but. Uh, the, the movement on some of the bigger games, let me just uh, bring it up here. Um, yeah, you know, I was looking at that, uh, well, some of the marquee games, that, that Penn State, uh, yeah, Ohio I, State.
0: I was going to ask you yeah. about that.
2: Yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, and Penn they've State. been chipping away at Penn State, which it surprises me a little bit because all those 15 and a half that we were looking at, you know, you're starting to see 14 and a half and 15s and there. So, uh, again, this isn't public money. This is just kind of the market moving. The public really won't get a hold of this until later tonight and, of course, tomorrow morning. Um, I just thought that was uh, an interesting because I you know, a lot of us consider Ohio State the best team in the nation now, and uh, Penn State. I, that's another thing. Why did Penn State not do the whiteout for Ohio State? You know, they, so, last week they had big whiteout, which is, always generates a lot of energy in that stadium, and they did it against Minnesota instead of holding it off and and saving it for this Ohio State. Maybe they wanted to win.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I think I have uh, the answer to this because I was th- I was wondering okay. that exact same thing. Night game last week, right? This is a day game and we know, and I put LSU in the same category, you know when LSU plays at night, they're hyped up or whatever. Remember when they played Tennessee a couple weeks ago? One of the reasons why I went with Tennessee is because I said, hey, that's 11 a.m. start central time LSU. It's just not the same feel and I think the same thing with Penn State. Okay, that's going to be a 12 noon start at It's a very early start Eastern time, you know, for them. And I'm just thinking if this was a night game, I'm just thinking I might lean towards Penn State. They would have the whiteout. They would have all that. But it just doesn't have that same energy when you have the early start. And then for me, that's why I can't be on Penn State. Whether that's, you know, right, wrong, and different, but it's kind of factored into my handicapping in this game.
2: So what you're saying is – uh, a little bit more time in that parking lot generates yes. a little bit more energy.
0: Yes, and I just think the sun goes down, night game, prime time, and that usually means you know it's you know it's either ESPN or ABC. It's just yeah, I just I just think that uh, we get those type of uh, more focused battles from some of these teams. That's uh, yeah,
2: and know. I, no, I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree with you again. I I, I do believe that it generates a lot more energy. You know, more anticipation uh, for the game. Um, and, you know, when you start early, I don't care what, you know, time zone you're in. You know, I mean, I, I was at that Rebel game when it was like at a noon start. I was like, wow, we were just kind of waking up around here. Right. You know, yeah. and, and then if it's such a different vibe, you know, for a noon game. And I remember when I was in school same thing it was a noon or one o'clock game versus a night game the night game always generated more energy and i think that you know vibrates towards the field and gives the uh, you know the your home team uh, a little bit more of an edge
0: well then too when you gotta remember jay i mean you get a better chance of uh you know getting a date you know uh you know to, to the game and then after the game you know what i'm saying you know you better there a shot at the night games uh, you know when you're playing in high school
2: yeah, no doubt. Well, the other <laughs> hey, the other the other game I'm looking at Kentucky Tennessee, which yeah. is another marquee game. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a lot of most of almost every uh, twelve and a half, almost all of them, not all of them, are gone now. As uh, we've seen some Kentucky money come in and some eleven and a half now. So, and that all started this morning. Uh, so uh, a little bit of play on, on Kentucky here, as this is a night game. You know, right? Talk about. Tennessee, which they probably need a, a little extra energy to get up for this team, um, but uh, Tennessee, uh, you know, at home, which is I believe, wait, is Knoxville Eastern or two, Central? No,
0: central time, two hours. Yeah.
2: Okay, so it's a six uh, six p.m. local start, but still a night game. Yep. Plenty of energy that will be there in Knoxville. You got uh, it. so so some movement there.
0: Let's go to the NFL real quick here. San Francisco and the Rams. We know the Niners have had the Rams' number as of late. Now you've got Christian McCaffrey that joins us. We know the Rams uh, continue to struggle here, the defending Super Bowl champs here. Uh, give us uh, your take on this game, and where's the money showing up? And currently the Niners a road favorite here. What, a point, point and a half, correct?
2: Yeah, we're we're sitting at uh, um, the Niners at one and a half and 43. But, you know, when we open this up, we, you know, before last week's game, the early line, we had the Rams at 2.5, and, a half. and uh, you know, now we've, we've flip-flopped it a bit and it got as high as uh, 2.5, and, um, and we moved to a 1.5 a couple of days ago, three days ago, to be exact, and it hasn't moved since. But I still think it's a little juicy on the Niner side. I mean, maybe I'm just still thinking that I'm going to see the the, the true Ram colors here and, and they're gonna make a game of it. But man, it's, it's the NFL's been so uh I, I flip flopped and, and, and so difficult to predict that you never know what's gonna come out of these teams. And you got teams like the the Rams. You know, I expect the Rams to do what the Bengals did. The Bengals started a little slow, out of the gate, and now, you know, they've like covered five in a row. And, you know, you probably put them in the top five uh, of the league. But I still expect the Rams to do that, and they just haven't been able to do it at this time.
0: Yeah, and neither quarterback is performing well. I mean, Stafford's got six touchdowns, eight picks, Garoppolo, nine touchdowns, four interceptions. And maybe you're thinking, too, oh, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, I remember him last time in that playoff game, too, where, okay, he could implode mm-hmm. So maybe you're thinking about that as well, too, you know?
2: Yeah, and, and the, I think the Niners, you know, with McCaffrey back there, and now they got an extra – he's he actually got some practice in. Um, you know, they're going to really try to run this thing down, you know, the ram's throat, really. And, I mean, that's, that's their game, and, and they don't want to put it in Jimmy's hands. They're going to put it in McCaffrey's hands and really try to run this ball, and I expect Debo to have a, a big play in the running game as well. So, and like you said – and. and You know, the opening of discussion of this game is the Niners have the Rams number. And uh, uh, but it's a pretty steady uh, one and a half across the market.
0: Raiders at the Saints. Raiders a road favorite. Weeks ago, I don't think we would anticipate the Raiders being a favorite in New Orleans. But let's be honest, this is not the same Saints team. I mean, this team is struggling big time, as we know. I mean, this team is two and five right now. Raiders at two and four. Where's the money coming in on this game?
2: Well, we opened pick uh, in the early line and and, uh, actually went to the Saints uh, one before they played this weekend's games. And and, um, right after this weekend's games, we opened the Raiders two and a half, and, and it's dropped down to two a couple of days ago. Yesterday, it dropped down to one and a half, and I don't really agree with the move. I actually think the Raiders could actually go on a roll here i I think they're just about ready to do this and getting everybody on the same page here they've lost so many close games um i still believe the saints are pretty much in a neutral position here but the raiders i still believe uh that they think they can you know make a run for the playoffs i mean they certainly have it they just haven't been able to close games out so i don't understand why we're seeing some money on the saints Maybe it's just normalizing, I don't know, coming back to the original number, but I thought the number two, two and a half on the Raiders was the right call.
0: Andy Dalton against that Raiders defense, and I know Andy Dalton, you just kind of want to cringe a little bit, but hey, uh, maybe the veteran could have a little success against uh, this defense because even Davis Mills was kind of carving up the Raiders' defense last week, uh, but but the Raiders' offense basically just shredded uh, the Texans' defense. I don't think they're going to be able to to shred through the Saints' defense because the Saints' defense is pretty decent.
2: Yeah, they are pretty decent. I mean, you talk about Dolphin, and it's like I feel like 80% of his passes are okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> It's the other 20% that are that, really bad, right? <laughs> I was like, what in the world was he thinking? Yeah, uh, yeah. so we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, they, they got some banged-up guys over there on the offensive side. But uh, their defense, you're right, is a lot better than Texans. But I do feel uh, some mojo on the Raiders' side that, uh, you know, they can go down there and pull out a win. I, I think it's going to be a very close game. But it's not going to surprise me to see the Raiders uh you know, rip off a couple of victories here.
0: Final thing here real quick, uh, the Sunday night game, the Packers and the Bills and the beginning of the season, I know NBC was saying, hey, marquee game, but man, the Packers are dreadful. Rodgers has been terrible. Buffalo at home. I know that line has already uh, went up. Now we're seeing 11. Are you getting any Packers money at all?
2: No. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, you know, no, not against the Bills, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I did see some uh uh, around the market, just a couple places where that hook disappeared. So you saw 11 and a half go down to 11, but it's pretty steady. And I'm just looking at the ticket count. It's not even close. It's all bills. Um, but I, I think it's an interesting watch. I mean, just kind of like tonight's game, I think, you know, just because we haven't seen these guys struggle, we haven't seen their teams really struggle, we always expect them to kind of turn it around and, and and, and you know, uh, um right the ship, so to speak, uh, and it just hasn't happened, you know? And I'm just like, what is going on? Uh, I, I think it's an interesting watch. So I, that's what kind of intrigues me about tonight's game and also Sunday night's game and see if these guys can actually turn it around. Mm-hmm. Jay, Jay Cornegate
0: joins us from the Westgate. Jay, appreciate it as always. Uh, have John lined up uh, tomorrow to uh, hang out with Marco uh, while I'm gone. I'll be thinking about you, Jay, while I'm sitting there Minute Maid Park, having oh some God. brats and hot dogs and the Philly <laughs> cheesesteak sandwich and uh, just having a good time, buddy. Uh, I'll, I'll send you some pictures. I know how much yeah, you enjoy yeah. that. Can
2: you uh, <laughs> can you get Dusty's uh, auto for me? Uh, I've always been a big fan of it. So, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> okay, no problem, brother. Appreciate you, my man. Have a good one,
0: and uh, we'll be back with you next week. And unless there's a game six or seven, Jay, then I don't know. I might have to ask permission again.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll let you know.
0: You let me know because I'm hoping for a sweep. All right, hoping for a <laughs> sweep. So I'll be with you next Friday, my friend. Let's let's count all on right, that. All right, you better hedge. You better hedge. Okay, thank you. All right. <laughs> Take care, my man. Appreciate you. Take care, bud. Jay Cordecai, the Westgate, the Superbook. Go over there, watch the games. Football Central, fantastic spot. to go look at all the games on Sunday. It's free. The 4K video wall, Fantastic. And the smokeless. That's right. World-famous Superbook. All right, I want to thank Dave Stewart for joining us, the three-time World Series champion with the A's and Dodgers back in the day. And also joining me today, Steve Berline, Jay Cornegay, Randy Lurch as well, the former pitcher with the Philadelphia Phillies. All of that up on the website momentarily at tcmartinshow.com. I will be back on Monday. Off to Houston, show at the Westgate tomorrow. Our Friday football spectacular, hosted by Marco D'Angelo. I will be joining in via the best bets in the last segment. Enjoy the games this weekend: World Series, college football on Saturday, the NFL on Sunday. And I will talk to you again on Monday. You miss any part of it? Go to tcmartinshow.com.
1: beat more than